thank you everyone for joining us this morning. Um, second of this week's digital drop-ins. The title for today is Five Ways to Supercharge Your Messaging Post-Lockdown. I think the focus the focus for, for today's sort of 30 or for the next 30 minutes is going to be as everybody kind of emerges out of, of lockdown and as the consumers and your audience kind of come back you know, to your physical locations, your, your digital locations, and just just look to look to engage with your business a lot more moving forwards. What are the key ways, um, key areas, channels, and, and and messages then that we think you should be capitalizing on and ensuring that you're getting right to ensure that that audience, when it comes back, comes to to your business as opposed to a competitor. Um, We'll be covering five different areas. Um, as Chris mentioned, there's a Q&A panel at the bottom. If anybody has any questions, just throw them in there as we go. We'll try and pick them up as, as we go through. And if not, we'll, we'll, we'll get as many as we can at the end. In terms of the panel today, there's myself, Brett Jacobson, founder and, and CEO of MediaWorks. We've also got David Norris, who is Performance Marketing Director at MediaWorks. Do you want to say hello, David? Yeah. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? And we've got Andy Blankensop, who is Creative Director at MediaWorks. Morning, everybody. Um, so yeah, so Andy's going to be thinking about uh, or, or commenting on that creative messaging, how we're going to position in that, which channels you can be using. And then I think David's going to be supporting that with how you can tie these channels in together to drive the best performance on any of those messages that you are pushing. Um, so yeah, jumping straight in, the first the first area we want to look at is, um, you know, I suppose the first the first key key area that you need to cover is reminding everyone that you're still there. And, and also what that kind of comeback plan is. Um, so, you know, the, the crisis over the past 12 weeks has affected lots of different businesses in different ways. You know, some businesses have been completely shut. Some businesses have been reduced hours. Um, you know, some businesses, you know, unfortunately have had to close certain parts of the business forever. Um, this, this kind of, this communication plan, and not only your existing customers who you want to now re-engage with, but also new customers is going to be key. Um, and that needs to happen across several different channels and it needs to be related to, you know, your digital comms, but also that physical engagement. Um, Andy, do you want to kind of give us a, a flavor of what some of the areas are we've been advising clients around and also some some examples maybe we've seen of businesses doing this this well in the, in the early kind of comeback? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, as you touched on there, but there's two, there's two, two areas or two kind of types of customers that we need to speak about. There's our existing customers first and foremost, you know, so how can we start um, making sense of all of the mixed messaging that you might be potentially getting off, you know, different government announcements of when people are coming back, how they are coming back. So people are a little bit confused by it all. So I think, you know, the first thing is just to start letting at least your existing customers, people that you know want to engage with you or are used to engage with you, what your plan is. Um, and how you are going to be coming back and whether it's on, you know, reduced uh, reduced opening hours. You know, I've pulled up to Starbucks many a time hoping they were open at six o'clock in the morning. They're just not, you know. So it's causing a lot of kind of um, kind of confusion. So I think using channels like your, your just your website, keep making sure that the, the opening hours, all of everything we spoke about previously about updating them during the crisis. We need we're now need to rectify that for our plan to come out. So opening hours being up to date, um, the fact that what people can expect when they turn up, um, if there's going to be big queues, anything like that can really help improve that experience. And then when it comes to channels, you know, we, email marketing we've already mentioned has seen a huge increase uh, in terms of engagement and open rate. It's a fantastic way to get your existing customers. So 
you know, kind of continuing that email marketing comms, but around the comeback is is a big priority. I think, you know, there is kind of different businesses that might have a smaller, more valued customer base. And it might be that the personal touch is what's needed there. It might be a telephone call. It might be a personal email going directly to the inbox, I think, which is really going to continue that um, kind of deeper relationship that you may have built with um, customers throughout the, the kind of current crisis. And then I think the... The other exciting opportunity is probably how you could use this as an opportunity to target new customers potentially. You know, so if you have a, a kind of a, a competitor pace that maybe aren't coming on as quick as you, or that haven't been up to speed on their communications, then there's an opportunity to be there first and get in front of the crowd to start letting people know that you're open. Trading's going to start um, kind of start quicker than other people to try and um, attract new customers uh, and use new USPs to to target those people on channels like social. You know, social are a great way to use things like look like audiences. How can you take the pot of customers you know, right, and then put them into social channels, which Dave will touch on in terms of Facebook, to attract new customers by getting out the blocks first, essentially. Yeah, and I think I think from my perspective, just to come in on the back of that, I know, I know Andy said about me coming in. Um, I think people can, you know, for me, um, there's massive opportunities for people um, to engage with audiences in a slightly different way. We know that consumer behavior has changed as a result of what's gone on. We know that the messaging has to change to match that. And from my perspective, I think it's it's there's there's two things I'd like to touch on there. It's um, how you use things, how you think about your audiences, how you think about being in a B2B market versus, for example, in a B2C market. How do you communicate to the masses? Um, but also how do you communicate to those smaller niche audiences? You know, if you start to think about sort of things like 80-20 rules in most organisations saying that, you know, that 80% profits come from 20% of customers. Is this something that you're doing um, with those particular customers? You know, and a really great example I've seen from a, from a business, that one name, it might embarrass them a little, but a really good example has actually been um, running uh, digital drop-in sessions. And it's not just us that are doing this type of thing, but actually they've allowed people who are in their network to actually do uh, and drop in and speak to members of their staff to just get those verbal updates in a, in a slightly more informal, relaxed environment, in a slightly different way than just a phone call, et cetera. But I think it's really important that, that people consider the different channels that are available and the way that, as I say, consumer behavior has changed. So using the channels that people are now getting more and more used to, you know, we're all getting more and more comfortable as seeing each other as these tiny little squares on a screen. And from my perspective, I think that, you know, you have to sort of play the strengths um, and, and, you know, fish where the fish are, I guess, is the, the, the analogy I would use. I think I think both of those points are really, really interesting. And I think a lot of that's kind of geared around those businesses who've maybe not been as active or not benefited from this period. I suppose on the flip side, it's also worth noting that you might be one of these businesses that has benefited from this period and have maybe benefited to unprecedented levels to the point where you've maybe had to stop taking orders or stop engaging with customers. And a really good example of this is Gusto in terms of the kind of food uh, meal prep delivery box and, and, and subscription. They had to stop taking subscriptions because they were they just had took too many. They couldn't cope. And they've effectively had to close their transactional or new customer acquisition channel. Um, so in terms of kind of getting around that, what they've done is they've flipped that on the head. They've created lots more value add content around recipes and other ways to kind of increase communication so that they can kind of maintain visibility with that audience, but not upset them by not being able to function and, and service them and also not lose them. More importantly, the competitors 
to the point where when they're ready to re-engage that, they've invested, they've upscaled factory production, what have you. Um, one thing we were recommending heavily in the early part of this crisis was to set up retargeting, remarketing codes across all different areas of the website. They're now in a position where they've been building a database of customers that hopefully you have as well, that now that you, when you do switch that transactional element to your website back on and you are back on new customer acquisition trail, you're going to be able to remarket, you know, the heck out of this, this audience and all this data you've been collecting of people you know are in, or, or, or demand a new product. So I think if, if you have been one of those those businesses, then hopefully you've had that remarketing code in place, or certainly there's lots of other ways you can tap into that that audience data, a bit like Andy and David have mentioned, in terms of lookalike audiences and whatnot. Um, but that that's going to be critical moving forward, you know, both sides of the coin, people who've benefited and, and haven't benefited. Um, I suppose the next area is, you know, um, communicating how your business has changed and, and, and how your operations have changed as well. So, you know, the world's changed, people's behaviors have changed, consumers are, are changing the way they want to engage with businesses. You know, like David's saying, we're much more in touch with different new technologies. Um, you know, I suppose having a plan to come back is great, but I think it's critical during that that you communicate what's going to be different moving forward and put people at ease. Um, Andy, do you want to talk about some of the examples again we've been advising clients around and what we've been seeing of how businesses can do this and, and the types of messages should be speaking? Yeah, I, um, you know, you're right. If you haven't had some form of operational change during, um, everybody's going to experience it post and during that lockdown. And I think, you know, communicating that, I mentioned it earlier, to, to ensure that the experience people get when they're engaging with you is, is up to scratch, the best thing to do is let people know be ahead of it and, and communicate that so you know that that does go back to that very the obvious one of you know re, reassessing all of your content on your website on your social channels make sure it's reflective of that to make sure that your that you know your new services or new ways of working are, are prioritized and put at the forefront of certain experiences you know um if people are coming into store to return goods, do they have to wait in a big massive queue? How can click and collect be affected? So all of these operational changes need to be communicated. But I think What's really important is that it, it, it kind of almost is part of all of your marketing activity. It's not just when people are, are coming to your website to find out a piece of information, making sure it's relevant there, but all of our kind of um, amplification, all of our advertising, all of our creative messaging needs to undertake this kind of overhaul of the new business and new operational procedures. So, for example, if you've got a, a TV um, commercial or a social clip or YouTube piece of content, you know, the call to action at the end could be things like, you know, visit your nearest dealership. Well, that's not that's not what's going to happen anymore. So it's not kind of about just turning on the old creative, which we'd, we'd kind of prepared pre-crisis. We're going to have to adapt it again. And, you know, it's things like the fact that you have to book an appointment to be able to get access to a dealership um, or the fact that restaurants are going to be closed at a, when, when you're in a hotel. So the kind of the service that you might get around meals or, or eating or drinking is going to be a bit different. And I think those messages need to be in all of your creative, all of your messaging, all of your adverts but i think the key is is when we've looked at all of the, the reports that we're getting from gwi and yougov people want to hear positivity but people still want to feel very positive about this comeback so i think the messaging that we push out doesn't always have to feel like a lesser experience or the fact that we're we're operating on a skeleton staff or the fact you cannot just kind of walk into a dealership or a bricks and mortar store at your own leisure that is you know the change but 
can we market or, or be creative in our messaging and start talking about the fact you've got to book an appointment, more of a one-on-one experience where you get a full showroom for yourself. So I think be creative and, and, and keep your brand and your tone of voice. You know, a lot of people have been relaxed in their marketing on social channels. Like continue that. People are building deep relationships um, and that brand light is starting to kind of really shine. So I think be creative with your messaging, but make sure that you are communicating these changes is kind of what I would say there. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, Andy. And I think thing we've seen it with hotels saying, you know, um, you know, breakfast in bed. I think you know, don't wait for us; we'll wait on you. All this kind of stuff. I think if you can get creative and get positive with that messaging, you know, it is going to be a better experience. You know, I, I personally didn't used to like standing, uh, you know, nine deep at the bar um, in any popular pub. If that now means I get to sit at a nice table and enjoy that same restaurant or same bar and be waited on and have half as many people there, I think that's going to be a far better experience for me personally. Um, so I think, yeah, let's sell that. Let's get positive on it. And, you know, let's, let's, let's sell that personal tailored, safe one-on-one experience that people are now going to get. Yeah. And I think I'd come in on the back of that and say, so I think as well, um, people need to consider about the type of, of content they are pushing. Um, so, you know, when Andy's talking there about, you know, the type of messaging, et cetera, I'd be encouraging people to think about um, the, the levels in the conversion funnel that a, a user or customer might go through. Because I think what we've seen during COVID is it's a lot of what I would regard as awareness raising activity. So there's been a focus on um, that awareness piece of highlighting either you're open for business or generic messaging around we've got reduced hours or this is how we're working, et cetera. I think as we start to emerge out of that, the different messaging type, the different uh, levels of the funnel becomes increasingly important because people aren't now just looking, in my opinion, for that reassurance of we're open. It's now becoming more sophisticated and more nuanced than that. So I think that from my perspective, it's about thinking about the messaging that you're pushing at different levels and the different targeting approaches that you're using. You know, so don't be shy to say exactly what you've just highlighted there, Brett. You know, so if there is a change in experience, really highlight that and really play on that in the conversion stage of, of your activity. And what I'd be saying is that, that things like Google's dynamic ads, etc., allow you to test this um, in the automation aspect of it anyway. So it allows you to test which messaging is resonating with your audience um, in real time anyway. So, you know, run a number of messaging, um, sort of creatives, um, content types, etc., and see how people respond to that as you go through. Because I think, as I say, my big point out of this is that, that people, I think, are moving away from the awareness and now we're expecting um, sort of, I wouldn't say business as usual, but a return to somewhat um, the new norm. Um, so I think it's about understanding that don't be shy to, to, to change that messaging depending on what stage you're coming in at. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be important for everybody just to embrace that. It's nothing to be, it's nothing to hide. It's just, yeah, embrace it, get on the front foot and, and push it at the forefront of what you're saying for sure. Um, I think the next area, the th- third area I want to look at is, you know, within that messaging, th- there's obviously one very clear standout, um, you know, area that that everybody's concerned about, everybody's thinking about, as Andy said before, you know, areas like GWI, Global Web Index, the, the studies they're doing, you know, 90% of the public's main concern now is kind of safety and that, that health, sort of health and safety message. So I think, you know, that's got to be at the forefront of all messaging, whether you're a restaurant, whether you're an office, whether you're a factory, a warehouse, a bricks and mortar store, a, a law firm that's inviting clients in, you know, 
putting this health and safety message around what measures you've undertaken to make that safe to do business um, is going to be critical. And, and, and not just from a client perspective, but from your employees. You know, if, if people are coming in to engage with your employees, then they want to know that they're being, being kept or being operating in a safe environment. And you do, you know, what are you doing in the, in the internal perspective as well as external? Um, Andy, do you want to pick up a little bit more on that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, coming out of, um, of lockdown, this is probably going to be your biggest USP at the minute of how you're dealing with coming back. And, you know, we're working with a lot of clients at the minute where traditionally all of our creative campaigns, whether it's social or whatever, will start talking about, you know, the quality of our product or the range and the depth of our product. Well, actually, we're flipping that on our head because, you know, for the next easy six weeks, you know, and, and beyond to the back end of the year, the number one driver is going to be the safety message, as you say. So, you know, the creative needs to tweak a little bit um, and we need to make sure that we're creating all, we're kind of communicating all of the right things to ensure that we're, we're, we're best in best in in kind of class when it comes to health safety of employees and customers so i think a good example of that you people are doing it very extreme you know emirates pushed out a communication i think it was last week or the week before where their entire taglines pretty much changed which is flying you safely uh, and that that's kind of now going to be the heart of everything they talk about as a business to try and encourage engagement with with an audience and it's as Brett, as it said though, everybody's going through this same thing. So we're all going to be seeing the same messages. We are all going to be kind of doing that. So it's about how do you do that in a more in a creative way? You know, saying it is one thing, but if we can create nice video content, animation, all of this, all of this kind of nice creative stuff to make you stand out against competitors is a brilliant way. So I think going out and saying it is one thing, and, and you have a responsibility to do that definitely. But I think there's other little um kind of subtleties that you, you must consider, you know, if we are preparing a new piece of creative where we've got shots of people in store, are the two people two metres apart? Have we got two people really too close? It's going to make people subconsciously just feel a little bit kind of uneasy about it. So I think all of this, yes, we talk about the messaging being direct, but images, video, all of our creative now needs to kind of adhere to these new norms when it comes to kind of safety uh, coming back. And then I think... We've got, as you touched on there, the, the whole kind of the internal side of things, turning your business inside out, allowing people to see how you're operating is going to be, it's going to be massive. I think, you know, because as you say, Brett, there's some businesses that you might have a direct kind of um, touch point with, with a customer, but your goods or your products are going to end up in their household or on their desk. So, you know, communicate that and, and use it and don't, don't hide it because it's going to be one of the most important messages you pump out, I think. Yeah, I think that visual one's really interesting, Andy, in terms of, you know, you wanted to see a store that was crazy busy and was super popular or a restaurant or a bar, all this traditional mindset of let's show where this great, popular, buzzing kind of place to be now needs to be absolutely flipped on its head with, with a very, you know, it doesn't want to look like there's tumbleweed blown through the place. <laughs> it needs to look safe and professional and that quality, quality experience, that one-to-one. And I think when we talk about that creative execution, I think the other thing to remember is how many eyeballs are actually going to be on this messaging, right? And that, that goes from an online and an offline perspective. So if we think about online, number one priority is to push people to our COVID-19 response page. So what are we actually doing about it? So the majority of our traffic is going to hit this web page. You know, have we just spun it up very quickly to get a message out there? Or have we considered the importance of this messaging and what part it's going to play in conversion? You know, that page should then be taking people from the reassuring brand message to make people people feel safe, to then push them into business as usual, get them into products, get them into service. We spoke 
12 weeks ago about it's not about the sell. We're all about reassurance. We're kind of now moving into that world where we need to get back to business and start moving people through. So from an online perspective, that CRO piece is kind of relevant again. And then the really, I suppose, the exciting bit where I've seen a lot of fantastic examples, which put a smile on your face, is things like the in-store experience. So when we talk about, you know, our two-meter stickers on the floor or our wall stickers or window display, um, there's so many eyeballs on this. There's a bit of an opportunity to capitalize on it. I'd seen an example on LinkedIn where Coca-Cola must have partnered with a supermarket chain in America, um, and it almost took ownership of their social distancing in-store kind of point of sale. So in front of the checkout where you had your two meter distance distancing, there was a you know a really nice offer where anybody using a QR code or entered that code online could reclaim a free um, can of Coke. So you know we're using these new kind of, I suppose, uh, this new real estate that we have in store to start driving new marketing behaviors, which I think is pretty exciting. And brands starting to think this doesn't have to be just a very strict, you must stand two meters away. Let's capitalize on the audience that we've got and their eyeballs. And I, th- and I think I'd just come in on the back of that because it's a really good example near to where I live, <coughs> excuse me, of a, a hardware store that have, that have not done the Coca-Cola thing, but done something similar. So outside their store, there's obviously the two-meter social distancing aspect. And what they've done is they've used different products um, to create messaging as you stand at the two meters to talk about exactly sort of the products and then there's an offer underneath. So, you know, they're really signposting. And again, that's just a small local hardware store that's getting the messaging right because we've all been there in the last three months where you stood waiting for something and, you know, you sat and ultimately... um, you're looking for things to grab your attention, etc. And I think that, you know, that example definitely that I've seen the hardware store was brilliant because, as I say, um, I ended up coming out with loads of stuff that I probably don't need and loads of stuff that I'll never use. But because I was stood in a queue, um, I was sat thinking, I was sat thinking to myself, oh, you know what, I could use that for this and I haven't got around to using it yet. But I think it was just a really creative example of where you can really um, just come up with some creative solutions and give people some different perspectives and different ideas and uh, really engage with them in a, in a different way. So don't just think of it as dead space or dead activity because people are in the moment. You're thinking about the stuff that you're going to get in shop. There's nothing now stopping you using the outside space that you've got. And in the same way that you can use your website and your social channels as, as the, the lead up, if you like, to the conversion element and to, to warm the audience up to the type of things and type of uh, activities you've got going on. Definitely, definitely. That kind of... That as the checkout with like the crazy amount of chewing gum, batteries, and DVDs of Patrick Swayze that you just throw on for like four quid. Um, that's now become like a mile long because people are generally waiting longer. And yeah, there's a there's a hardware store, quite a well-known one, do it really well. And I think I bought at least five things I shouldn't have. Greg <laughs> Greg's did it with sausage rolls. Greg did it with sausage rolls, which I thought was fantastic. They did two meters in the number of sausage rolls. And you know, that's just typical of Greg's, you know, the humorous and their advertisers always bang on. So that was another nice one that made us smile. Um so yeah, next area we want to move on to is you know, there's lots of data flying around. We've talked about GWI, we've talked about, you know, there's lots of statistics around general public consensus of what their concerns are. But don't forget. You know, every business is unique and so is your audience. So, you know, the key point here for us would be ask your audience and listen to them. You know, we mentioned on Tuesday's webinar, you know, utilize social channels. Um, Sorry, last Thursday, I think, you know, listen to your concerns, your audience, 
But, you know, send them a survey, you know, send them, say, say, you know, what, what are your concerns about coming in to do business with us? Do you have any, you know, how's our communication been? You know, get feedback and engage with your specific audience. Build a, build a user panel, you know, give them a 10% off code and, you know, invite 20 or 30 people to be your, you know, um, engagement panel moving forward and then push your messages through them and trial ideas through them. And, and, and ultimately as well, don't forget about your staff. You know, ask your staff. That's what we're doing here at MediaWorks. We're sending a survey out to, to ask how they feel about the office, what their main concerns are. You know, make sure that internally, you know, your people are happy as well as externally. Um, so I think, yeah, things like GWI, YouGov, you know, great, gives you a top-level view. But, but for us, I think what we would really be stressing is really engage with your specific audience and customers and, and ask them what the key concerns are. Andy, David? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a great way, especially when you talk about asking kind of employees. But as I said, we spoke about the importance of people just wanting to engage with brands who are doing the right thing um, and who are taking care of people and, and, and using that. So that's a great way. I think the other thing is if you do, you know, if you know that you've got a large workforce that's out kind of on the front line, you know, they'll give you some insight into how, how your audience are feeling. They'll, be, they'll have been speaking to them. They'll have been talking to them. So they can give huge opinion on on and influence the right way how you as a business need to change things up um so your employees are really important in this i would agree definitely right yeah and I, and I think i would just add to that and say um, you know some of the some of the brilliant examples i think we've seen um, on on things like social channels etc have been whereby we've seen uh, business owners business leaders engaging with their members of staff actually through that channel and really using that to amplify the message so a really good example that uh, i saw recently was um, a financial services company and they were talking about um, you know they're open for business how they'd socially distance the space but I thought a really good point that was made in that was um, their employees were asking questions so oh, what's it going to be like when we do this and what's it going to be like you know and, and, and what they did was they followed that up the next day with a message and actually walk around in their office highlighting it so it kept the organic traffic going and people really do I think um, in the word of mouth world that we operate I think if your staff are feeling proud about it, your staff are feeling confident about it, really, you know, positive about amplifying that message and, and sharing the information, I think it says a lot about the business that, that you are and that you're working with. And I think I just go back to Andy's point, really, about customers do want that authenticity and they, uh, you know, want that um, sort of genuine approach from businesses and really want to see what it is going to be like. I think they all accept it. It's not going to be business as usual. There is a new norm, um, but that isn't something to be shied away from. I think it's about how you communicate that, how you articulate that in all of your messaging. And I think using platforms such as social media, et cetera, and, and particularly through organic channels um, and getting your employees to engage with that content really resonates um, with, with audience and users in a way that um, it potentially didn't before. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity for 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 people behind these larger businesses to have a face and, and engage, like you say, more directly and be part of that communication channel so that both staff and customers know this is being taken seriously and this is the message from the top down. I think that's I think it's a great opportunity. Um, I suppose the last area that we wanted to look at is, is kind of what we said is realigning your marketing campaigns. So again, we touched on this, you know, very early on in, in these sessions about this was a great opportunity for people to explore new channels, new avenues, and just, you know, um, maybe revisit certain channels that they'd used in the past that maybe hadn't been worked as well because it would be a little too early or there wasn't the adoption or, or maybe their audience weren't ready for it. 
But right now, you know, if, if you haven't been doing that, now is this a fantastic opportunity to do that. I think things like, you know, streaming services like Spotify have kind of like just all time high, like just going through the roof. Um, social media is obviously just going crazy, like you say, with every stat we see. Video on demand, things like Sky Ad Smart, you know, ITV Hub, you know, phone on demand. All of these channels now are just playing such a critical part of, of your audience's life. And I think, you know, you might not have thought about engaging these channels in the past, but it's definitely something you should be revisiting now and figuring out how can you create a far more seamless kind of online, offline, just a complete digital journey across every device that your customer's engaging with? Because um, that's where I think we think the winners are going to be in the next sort of six to 12, 18 months. Um, the people who embrace every channel in, in, in a new way and join those dots are going to be the ones who win. I mean, David, do you want to give us a little bit more on that? Yeah, I would, I would you know, be, be keen, Uber. I think from my perspective, um, you know, reevaluating the channels that you've previously engaged with and looking at how they've changed during the during this this uh, pandemic is a really important point and not just sticking to what you've always done you know the idea is get, do what you've always done get what you always get and i think for me we need to get away from that model um, there has been significant consumer changes i think that the amount of channels and, and the types of engagement that audiences are now looking for is very very different as i keep referring to it is you know, a bit of a, a new world that we're emerging into. And I think that as a result of that, we have to um, engage with uh, the audiences and, and customers in a slightly different way. So, you know, you've mentioned some really good examples there of, of online and, and, and offline communications. And I think for me, it's, if you're you know, looking at some offline communications, as, a, as an example, be thinking about um, how you back that up with, for example, potentially geo-targeted social um, activity as well. So from a paid perspective, or from a, from a Google Ads perspective, be thinking at every step of the way, sort of which channels are now working, which is getting the best engagement, and how your messaging work uh, is going to work, and also trial it. You know, what I would always be saying, particularly in paid channels, you do get that immediacy and feedback, um, so you don't have to wait, you don't have to build a campaign for six months and then hope it, it, it delivers those results. You can, you know, trial it for a month, um, see what results you're getting from that and then refine it as you go, you know, and I'm a big advocate of obviously um, optimising as you go, you know, test, be constantly running uh, periods of testing, be constantly looking to optimise your activity. And I think that's not just within channel now, that's across channel. So a conversation that we're, we've been having with some of our clients is, you know, they're coming to us saying, we've got X amount of budget. And previously they would have said, and we want to spend it in this area. I think for us now, they're coming to us saying, we've got X amount of budget. Um, can you think about how you would spend this across channels and, and recommend which channels? And I think that, you know, I've always been saying from the digital perspective, you can always uh, get the data in advance as well to look at where the optimization is, where the engagement's happening, where the user numbers are, et cetera, and then really run that through from a, from a campaign perspective, run a, a testing period and, and see what resonates and then optimize based on that. But don't think that the audience now or next week is going to be the same audience as it's going to be as a month down the line because this is constantly moving it is a progressive marketplace where things are shifting and consumer behaviors changing 
you know, all you need to do is drive around, drive to your local supermarket, etc. You can see people are behaving in slightly different ways. The streets are a bit, a bit busier. Um, around rush hour, when people are starting to go back into work, it's starting to get a little busier again. So be thinking about how that's going to change over the coming months and really adapt your campaigns to, to, to match and optimise that. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, channels of the importance of certain channels are becoming kind of a, a bit more varied. As you say, paid allows you to be very agile, very nimble, and you can respond very quickly. And it's brilliant. I think the other thing is as well as what, what I would imagine is that a lot of kind of businesses have seen a, an increase in the importance of their owned social channels or their owned channels because because people have had a very direct relationship with brands they throughout all of this kind of confusion and carnage people have came direct to brand and they'll probably continue to do that you know so our own organic social strategy has now kind of now needs to be at the forefront you know if we're not talking about our increased number of followers on um facebook instagram linkedin or whatever in every single marketing meeting then we're missing an opportunity to to build brand loyalty to build loyalty with customers you know i think there's been some a lot of the whole british sport of you go people people are, are looking for brands to to value them and to and to help them and be there when they need them and i think if you've got that direct relationship capitalize on it and look after your existing audience look after this new audience that you've acquired um, and treat them as important in my opinion as acquiring the new ones um, you know, a lot of what this next six months is probably going to be about is re-engagement with your existing audience, making sure you haven't lost them. Um, so to treat your own channels with equal importance, I would say. Yeah, I would say just to come in on the back of that, and I think you're absolutely right in terms of that, that direct messaging. But I would also be highlighting that we're seeing people are more content hungry. Um, and the examples that I would give in there would be... Um, for some of our affiliate clients, they've seen going that through um, people engaging with content through third-party sites has driven amazing results for them um, because people are engaging with content in a slightly different way. People are potentially um, elongating that consideration process, so looking around potentially because they've got more time and they're on, on social media or, or they're, they're on the internet. So I think that it's about understanding uh, where where your audiences are actually active, and as you say, that that direct element is absolutely crucial. But also be looking at sort of retailers, third party sites. As I say, because affiliate, we've seen um, a number of our affiliate clients um, achieving record record breaking results during this period, um, and I think it's primarily because people are looking for for different things and different activities and different means, and, and are really looking at the content that we're engaging with. I think a big part of that as well, David, is trust. So, you know, if you're if you're being advertised on, you know, the Yorkshire Post or the Newcastle Evening Chronicle or the Daily Mail, and then immediately that kind of affiliate channel builds a level of trust for your brand because people just associate it with the area they're consuming. So I think, yeah, good, great point. Affiliate, affiliate revenue and channel has, has never been higher, you know, record-breaking results for a lot of our clients. Um, I think, and then just touching back, just before we wrap up on on that kind of online offline, I know we had a, a conversation around um, a product that was suitable for teachers and a service that was focusing on teachers. And we talked about how, you know, we'd potentially go heavy on social media between 6.30 and 7.30 and between, you know, 4.30 and 7 p.m. because we knew it was kind of preschool, post-school and hopefully we'd be working in between that. Um, and not not sat on the phone in the lessons, but we'd also then bring into that digital billboards that were strategically located, you know, within like two mile radius of schools, 
And we yeah. talk those between 7.30 and 8.30 because that's when they'd be getting on the bus and off the bus. Um, and again, like sort of 3.30, 4.30. And then, you know, bringing in lunchtime, you know, something like Facebook or Google Display and going really heavy between 12 and 1 p.m. on that, you know, and then and then, then really dialing that back between kind of like 9 and nine and 12 and 12 and, uh, sorry, 1 and 3. You know, just getting all of these online, offline dots, joining the piece so that potentially you, you, you're hitting this person on the bus, you're then hitting them when they get off physically, you're getting them at lunchtime, you're catching them physically on the way home, on the commute, whether they're driving, you know, or, 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 or public transport, and then you're consuming them at home and then they, they, they log on to Sky AdSmart to catch something because they've been marking books and suddenly you've got them with an advert on there as well. So it's like you can join all these digital channels up and I think the power of that is just like, it's crazy. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, great. Okay. Well, I think conscious of time, guys, I think that's us. Um, in terms of sort of a quick summary for me of what I think some of the key takeaways there is, you know, first and foremost, communicating the, the plan is, is key. You know, make sure you're letting your existing clients and new clients know, you know, when you're coming back, how you're coming back, you know, what you're going to be doing to make it safe. Um, I think communicating any change that, you, that you've made around that is inside that plan is critical. So operational measure, measures for your, your offices or your stores and, and what people can expect when they do come to a store so that they're prepared for that, I think is going to be critical. Um, I think tailoring messaging around, you know, selling the benefits. This isn't all got to be bad. You know, suddenly we're all going to be waiting on hand and foot and have a nice ring of two meters of calm in every restaurant we go to now, you know, as opposed to the, the you know, the kids who keep throwing spaghetti at you from a foot away and disrupting your, you know, your one night a week out with your wife or your partner, or your husband. Um, you know, there's, there's positives to be had in this. You know, there'll be lots lot, lot more breakfast in bed and room service to be had. So, you know, embrace these channels and sell the benefits of that tailored kind of one-to-one -one experience. Um, I think, yeah, health and safety, number one priority for a lot of people. So that's got to be a key part of your messaging. Don't forget, it's not just about words. So visual, creative messaging is going to be key. You know, don't show that picture of a busy restaurant or a, or a busy store. You know, invest the, the small amount of money it can, can be to get new photography, new creative done that shows this new world because that's going to be really off-putting if you're still engaging with old creative. Um, don't forget we're back in sales mode. So it's not just about awareness now. Remember there needs to be call to actions built into all of this messaging, whether that's a specific COVID hub, whether that's an email ahead of someone landing, you know, that day at your office for an appointment, you know, make sure there's a call to action at the bottom of that email with a new product or service you're offering, or, you know, just don't forget people are ready to do business now. So make sure that call to actions are embedded across that. Um, and I think, you know, focus on your audience as well don't get too distracted with you know this general view and these huge stats you're garnering from these ugubs etc just take that as a steer you know it's a guide that's what it should be but make sure you engage with your customers and and also for us your staff you know they're going to be the fountain of knowledge whether they're field-based whether they're office-based they're going to have some great insight you know this burden of how you prepare your business for covid and the future you know, shouldn't just be down to three or four people at the top, you know, and bring the whole business on that journey and get everyone's views online. Um, and then, yeah, finally, I suppose, just reevaluate that channel mix. If you've discounted something in the past, you know, review it, have another go. Now's the time to be testing and learning and, and iterating and optimizing, like David said, on, on all of these new channels and find new ways to connect the dots. Because I think for us, 
those are going to be the businesses who win in the future, the people who can join the most dots and, and more so than the competitors and, and really create that true kind of seamless online, offline, just digital experience. Um, so, yeah, so that's us. Hope you enjoyed that. I hope there's some value there. Thank you, Andy and David, for being part of the panel today. Yeah, hope everyone stays safe and enjoy the weekend. And hopefully we'll see you next Tuesday at 11.30 when we're back with the next drop-in.